From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. We got a super stack show for you today, talking all about AEW Dynamite, all the releases from the WWE yesterday, the John Moxley situation, and we're going to be going back in time for the first time ever, all the way to the 80s, as we discuss and review Saturday night's main event from 1985, the very first Saturday night's main event. Going forward here every Friday, we're going to be reviewing Saturday night's main event in chronological order. We're going to be taking it old school here today on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you to all my DeLorean passengers from all over the world, from Germany to Scotland, Ireland, UK, Mexico, Canada. The list goes on and on and on. Thank you so much. I salute all you guys. I appreciate you all riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. On Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. On TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you follow the YouTube channel. There's so much cool shit coming to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for riding with us every single day here on the Wrestling DeLorean. Like I said, we got a super stacked show. So without further ado, let's talk about today's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, baby. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for letting me into your morning routine here once again on this Friday. We're about to take you into the weekend right here with the Resident DeLorean podcast. We have a super stacked show. Let me just say right off the bat, if I sound a little under the weather, I am sorry. It's been a crazy-ass couple days, you know, still feeling a little sick from the pneumonia, but I still wanted to have this show. I wanted to take you guys into the weekend right. So if you just forgive me for the way I sound today, I hope to be sounding better on Monday. I got a super stacked weekend in my personal life coming up this weekend. This Sunday will be the birth of my baby boy. I am so blessed that I'm going to be a father. Thank you for everybody's well wishes. Thank you for everybody's thoughts and prayers. I appreciate everybody, all my fans, all my passengers of the Wrestling DeLorean, everybody who hits me up on 
Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram, on W underscore DeLorean Pod on Twitter. I appreciate all you guys, all the love and support from all over the world. You guys are the reason why I still do this and the reason why there is a podcast. But that's enough about me. Let's get into the Super Stack show right now. Things I should have talked about on the Wednesday episode, but the Wednesday episode was recorded before the news broke and before I even read the news. But John Moxley has checked himself into an alcohol recovery program. It was announced by Tony Khan on Twitter. I'm going to read to you the Twitter post from Tony Khan. But this is coming the day before he was supposed to be in the uh, world title tournament facing Orange Cassidy on Dynamite. They had to shuffle up the show. The tweet from Tony Khan was as follows. John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We stand with him and Renee and all his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. He put out a couple more tweets after that. Um, This was a real classy move by Tony Khan. It's a real classy move by AEW to stand with their roster. But overall, this was a really brave move of Jon Moxley. I'm really proud of him. You know, it, it, it takes a lot to admit that you have an issue. And it takes even more to go seek help for that issue. And not to sound like a CM Punk ripoff, but it's it's something that we preach here on the podcast all the time. If you need help, get help. I, ja- I just had Nick Gage the other day on the podcast. His message to the fans was, don't be a tough guy. If you need help, if you need somebody to talk to, reach out to somebody because that saved Nick Gage's life. It saved his life. So coming off of that podcast with Nick Gage and then having this situation with John Moxley, it just shows how brave it is to have somebody say, you know what, I have an issue, I need help, I need to get this fixed. John Moxley has a beautiful baby girl who just came into this world, God bless him, and it is better that he gets this issue fixed now before things get too bad and his daughter has to grow up to see that. So I am extremely proud of John Moxley. Really brave of him. My thoughts and prayers are with his family. They're with Renee. They're with the baby. But really big for John Moxley. We'll be going into the AEW, you know, what how they replaced him on the show. We'll talk about that when we do our AEW Dynamite review in a couple minutes. But right now, I just want to say anybody who's out there, if you need help, contact somebody let somebody know if you need help let somebody know it does not make you less of a person it does not make you less of a man or a woman if you need help reach out shit even if you reach out to the rest of the lauren podcast even if you reach out to me on instagram on twitter whatever just reach out to somebody because you may think nobody cares but there's always somebody there to lend a helping hand. There's always somebody there who cares. There's always somebody there who's going to listen to you and try to help you navigate whatever waters you are dealing with. So reach out. Get help. Next on the news I want to talk about, before I get into the major, major news story, which is a shitload of more WWE releases, including some shocking ones. I want to talk about 
AEW Battle of the Belts, it was announced that the first week of January, AEW will have a Saturday night special on TNT. This is very reminiscent of the classic WCW Clash of Champions, but, you know, Clash of Champions is intellectual property of the WWE, so it is the Battle of the Belts. This is what is being rumored to be, whether that's going to be a what's it called, pay-per-view style show, whether it's going to be a TNT title versus AEW world title match, I don't know, but I'm excited. More AEW programming, more AEW specials, I'm all for it. This definitely feels like an old-school show where you have, you know, your, excuse me, you have your classic Saturday night special free pay-per-view quality show. I'm all down for that. It was announced that Kyle O'Reilly has his contract set to expire and to become a free agent next month. Will Kyle O'Reilly re-sign with the WWE? If he was going to re-sign with the WWE, usually it doesn't come down to the nitty-gritty. Usually they re-sign a couple months before the contract is up. But Kyle O'Reilly has yet to sign. I don't know. I don't think there's much direction for him on NXT 2.0. I don't see him coming up to the main roster. And as we see from the releases yesterday, it doesn't really matter if you come up to the main roster. Your spot is not solidified, even if you don't even get an opportunity yet. We'll be talking about that in a couple seconds. But Kyle O'Reilly, you know, is he going to go elsewhere he sees Bobby Fish and and Adam Cole killing it right now in AEW does he join them in AEW do we get a undisputed era reunion in AEW all I know is Kyle O'Reilly does not seem like he is going to be staying with the WWE in my opinion I don't think he stays with the WWE and this is going my next statement is going to be really prevalent in the next segment but AEW can't sign everybody well, how do you not sign Kyle O'Reilly? You have Adam Cole, you have Bobby Fish, you gotta sign Kyle O'Reilly. We could get the reunion of Undisputed Error. If not, because Cole's in the elite, we could get the reunion of Red Dragon. If not, because you know you want to keep him a singles guy, we could have Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole's feud continue in AEW. There's so many possibilities, but Kyle O'Reilly's a world-class athlete, a world champion. The guy could go. And any roster will only benefit from having a star like Kyle O'Reilly on your show. But speaking of the releases, let's let's talk about this. Because this is the breaking news that everybody wants to talk about. This is the breaking news that everybody wants to talk about, and rightfully so. The WWE strikes again. It seems like it is a quarterly thing. Every time they put out their quarterly earnings, they release about 20 fucking superstars, right? And you get this, you get somewhere it's like, all right, I understand why you released that guy. He was asking for his release. You get some like, oh, that's a little interesting, but you know, it doesn't really hurt them to get rid of this person, such and such. But then you get the shockers. This year was full of shockers. This year was full of shockers. The Braun Strowmans, the Bray Wyatts, these guys leaving, these guys being released. The, the, the Buddy Murphys, the Alistair Blacks. Not resigning, not being able to resign Daniel Bryan. Not being able to resign Adam Cole. There was a lot of shocking, a lot of shocking releases this year. And I personally thought that we would be done with the shocking releases. But no, 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 we are not done. We have a shit ton of shocking releases from the WWE yesterday. 
So I'm going to read the names down and I'm going to go into detail on why I think some are shocking. All right. The biggest names right off the bat that was released was Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Two guys who flourished in NXT but did not get a proper opportunity on the main roster. Two guys who were tampered with. Two guys who they could not leave well enough alone with. Keith Lee was a fucking bona fide megastar in NXT. Keith Lee on NXT was the future. When he had his little stint in the Royal Rumble, when he had his little stint with Roman Reigns and Survivor Series, people were like, whoa, I can't wait for Keith Lee to be on the main roster. And what does he do when he comes on the main roster? Not a goddamn thing. He was too fat to show his fucking belly. They fucking put him under a shirt, even though no one gave a fuck about that in NXT. People just thought he was a great wrestler. He did not have enough character, so they had to make him a mean guy. They had to call him the Bear Cap. Yeah! Right? Fuck that. All right? He didn't need character. His character wrote himself. He was a big athletic guy who could flip around like a fucking cruiserweight. He was very confident in himself. That was the character, but that wasn't good enough for the WWE. Let's talk about Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross has this mystique about him. He's like this psychotic hitman-looking guy. When he was in Impact Wrestling, Killer Cross was a fucking killer. No pun intended. Comes to WWE, they can't say killer, so they make him uh, Karrion Cross. He has the girl. He's coming out with Scarlett Bardot. Their entrance is phenomenal. He's an NXT champion. While he's the NXT champion, no less, he comes up to the main roster and he loses to Jeff Hardy in a mere couple seconds. Then they don't know what to do with Karrion Cross, so they put him in some BDSM gear, they give him a gladiator mask, and they have him walking around like he's some fucking... Oh, by the way, and they take Scarlett Bardot from him as well, and they have him trying to rediscover and find himself on the main roster when he had a money-making fucking gimmick on NXT. What was the point of NXT? What was the point of having... These guys build stars, having Triple H build stars and hand deliver them to the WWE just for them to fumble them and just for them to let them slip through their fingertips. This is what it's like, all right? WWE is a farm and Triple H is in the fucking chicken coop and he's fucking grabbing the eggs, right? And the eggs are perfect. The eggs are nice. They're nice and round, right? The eggs are handed to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon absolutely drops them and cracks the eggs all over the fucking place. We have egg yolk flying, and that egg yolk is now going to fucking be wasted, right? So why is this happening? I have no fucking clue. Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, they were money-making talents right now. See, the problem is, You don't think they get over with the crowd because of the fact that you don't know how to present them to your crowd. Why isn't there vignettes before these guys come up? I fucking had this conversation when Karrion Cross came up. Why wasn't there vignettes to show what this guy is, what this guy has, and what this guy could do? Why wasn't there vignettes of Keith Lee? Hey, in five weeks, Keith Lee's coming. Hey, in four weeks, Keith Lee's coming. 
Hey, here's clips of Keith Lee on NXT. He's coming in three weeks. Hey, Keith Lee has been a star all over. This is when he won the X, uh, the NXT champion. He's coming in two weeks. Like, why aren't we having these countdowns? Why aren't we having the buildup? So when the guy comes out, when he debuts, the fans know who he is. Because even if you're not a fan of NXT, hey, I watch Raw every week. The last five weeks of Raw, they are showing me who these people are, what these people could do. I'm excited to see it. It don't make no goddamn sense. But that wasn't even where the releases ended. Couple more shocking ones. Nia Jax. I'm very vocal. I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan. But Nia Jax was shocking. She has heritage and lineage in WWE history. Being cousins to The Rock. Being cousins to... uh, about to say Samoa Joe, but the other Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, <laughs> being cousins to the Usos. You know, last time we seen her, she got sh- fucking played out by Shayna Baszler, crying and screaming. I don't know if fucking Nia Jax continues wrestling. Where a lot of people on this list, I could see them, you know, picking up their career in the independence, possibly going to AEW, possibly going to Impact, MLW. I don't see Nia Jax continuing. I see her continuing her modeling career, but I don't know if I see her continuing her wrestling. Eva Marie getting released. What was the point of bringing her back? You bring her back and you release her again. Grand Metalik asked for his release. I totally understand where that's coming from. Lince Dorado, I'm not sure if he asked for his release, but I guess they're a package deal. Another real shocking one was B-Fab from the Hit Row. Brianna Brandy, B-Fab, someone who is so intricate to the Hit Row, who, by the way, just got called up to the main roster. She did not even get a chance. We did not even get a chance to see what B-Fab could do. B-Fab was... Very intricate to that act. You're building up the act. You got her on the vocals of the fucking song. Right? You got all that shit. And you just release her. That's like if you put DX together. You got Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China debut on Raw and a week later you say ah let's cut China China's no longer with the act by the way what the fuck it don't make sense it's shocking why even bring them up at the moment if you weren't even sure about the full group see this 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 reminded me of when Sanity got brought up without Nikki Cross but it was different. Nikki Cross had a spot in the company, and Nikki Cross was never shown on the main roster with Sanity. She was only shown with NXT on Sanity. But B-Fab debuted on SmackDown with the Hit Row. She debuted with them. And that's it. She's gone. Two weeks later, gone. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mia Yim... Wasn't so surprised to see that. Harry Smith. 
D.H. Smith, Davy Boy Jr. What the fuck was the point of bringing this man back? The man didn't even have a televised match yet. He gets brought back. He's jacked as fuck. He's ready to go. The guy's a star. The guy was on AEW's radar. The guy was a megastar at MLW. He was a megastar in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You bring him back to the WWE. He has a dark match before the first televised event where there's a crowd back. And then he's never seen again. Never brought up again. And he's released here. What was the point? What was the point? Some talents released from the NXT side. Only Lorkin. Not surprising. Only Lorkin been wanting his release for a while. He's going to be a star on the indies like he was beforehand. Biff Busick, shouts to him. Frankie Monet, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie. Shocking. Shocking. A veteran female star who could main event any show right now is released before she's given a chance. She's been there for, what, a couple months? Barely on TV. Just had a title match released. Ember Moon, another veteran female wrestler who is so underappreciated, so underrated. I'll tell you this right now. If I'm AEW and I really want to make my women's division all elite, Ember Moon, Taya Valkyrie are getting signed with the quickness. Even before Karrion Cross, even before Keith Lee, I think my two go-to will be Ember Moon and Taya Valkyrie. Because that's how you would solidify that women's division. Scarlett Bardot released. Also on the NXT side, Trey Baxter, who was spending a lot of time in 205 Live. He'll be fine. Uh, Jesse Kamea, Jeet Rama, Zadaya Ramirez, Katrina Cortez. There's a lot of releases. And there's one more quarter earning that we'll be getting in the WWE before years up and I think that we're probably going to see more releases they come in waves it seemed like this year there's been a hundred plus releases so far you could build a fucking roster off that this is definitely a sign of I don't know like how do you report you made a profit but then you cut budgets later on that day it's it's shocking to me. It's shocking. And where does this lead these people? Like I said, I could see a lot of them picking themselves up and being fine. Keith Lee is going to be more than okay. Going to definitely be a star wherever he goes to. Karrion Cross will definitely be okay. Will be a star wherever he goes. Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, they're going to be great. There's a lot of people here where we might have just seen the end of them. They might not get picked up by a major show. They might not get picked up by Impact, MLW. It's going to be interesting to see where this plays out. And it will be interesting to see if there will be more releases to come. But if there is, you know, we'll be talking about it here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. It was a stacked show. Had some audibles on the show, but it ended up working out fine. Show starts out with Kenny Omega versus Allen Five Angels, a match that happened in the pandemic era where Allen Five Angels took Kenny Omega to his limit, which was shocking to everybody on the internet. We got the rematch here. Allen Angels, once again, is hanging with Kenny Omega, putting up a good fight. Kenny Omega wins with a massive V-trigger. 
Good matchup here. Uh, Kenny Omega gets on the mic. He acts for a chair. He's going to try to injure Allen Angels. Hangman Page is out. He runs off Kenny Omega. Page grabs the mic, picks up the title belt in the world, the world champion title belt in the ring. He says that he has 10 days left and then drops the belt. Good opening segment, good opening matchup. I think the world championship will be a little bit more dominant, but, you know, like I said last week, yeah, we, we're showing Kenny Omega to be not as dominant as you would think he would be. The guy has a fucking classic against Brian Danielson, then he's getting beat up by Allen Angels. I mean, don't make too, too much sense, but you can't just have him going out there and just squash people. So I, I don't know, I guess. It is... Re- it is announced that Miro will be replacing John Moxley in the tournament final of uh, semifinals today. He will be facing Orange Cassidy in the main event. We got a Malachi Black promo, and this leads to CM Punk coming out. He's very serious in this promo. He says that there's two people that are not here today. One has good reason. He brings up John Moxley. The crowd's chanting Moxley. He says that he knows what it's like to take time off and be criticized for it, and he doesn't want anybody criticizing John Moxley because he's goddamn proud of John Moxley. He encourages everyone who needs help to reach out and get help. Something wrong with him asking there's nothing wrong with him asking for help. And then he calls out Eddie Kingston. He says that Eddie Kingston is not here, but if he has the balls, he will meet him face to face on Rampage in St. Louis this Friday. He says that he'll be there to accept his apology. He wanted to face Orange Cassidy and take Mox's spot in the tournament, but thanks to Eddie Kingston not showing up, he can't do that because he wants to deal with Eddie Kingston first. Then we got a promo from Miro asking for God, asking if God is trying to help him or to toy with him. He says God needs to prove himself to him tonight. Then we get an interview by the Super Click, which is interrupted by Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. This leads to a big brawl spilling out to the arena. Jungle Boy joins in by doing a crazy-ass flip dive off of the fucking stage onto everybody. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Christian Cage take out everybody. It is insane. We got absolute pandemonium here. In the end, Christian Cage sets up Concerto and smashes Adam Cole's head in with the Concerto. Insane, insane, insane. We got Jurassic Express and Christian Cage standing tall looking like two pissed off well three pissed off guys i think we'll probably be getting a trios match between these two teams going into the pay-per-view we'll see next ruby soho and chris Statlander cut a promo for their tbs tournament match next week then we get a triple a tag team championship matchup it's samurai del sol and arrow star making their aew's debut Versus FTR for the AAA Tag Team Champions. This was a great match. Great contrast of styles between these two teams. FTR pick up the victory. They're still your AAA Tag Team Champions. I didn't expect them to lose the titles. But really cool to see Kalisto, now Samurai Del Sol, and Arrowstar here on AEW. I love the Luchadors, and I love seeing Luchador action here on AEW. And it's also cool to see the partnership with AAA still strong. Next, the Inner Circle come out. ATT, they interrupt. Paige Van Zandt cuts a hellacious promo on the Inner Circle, which leads to her being played out because basically, like Jericho said, the joke wrote itself. She says she could take all five guys by herself. Tsk, tsk. Anyway, they choose for their matchup, their five on five matchup at the pay per views. They choose Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert, who will be getting in the ring to face the inner circle. That's a great pick. That's going to be very entertaining. 
We then get a promo from Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. They're challenging Leo Rush and Dante Martin for a matchup. Lee Moriarty seems to be the next guy under Matt Seidel's wing. Matt Seidel has respect for Dante Martin, but he has no respect for Leo Rush. And Leo Rush says that he accepts the challenge of Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. That should be a really good tag team matchup. We next get the TBS tournament matchup. It is Jamie Hayter versus Anna Jay. Jamie Hayter picks up the victory. Afterwards, Anna Jay is jumped by Jamie Hayter, Rebel, and Britt Baker, which leads to Ty Conti coming out and taking everybody out, staring face-to-face with her opponent at full gear, Britt Baker. I think Ty Conti and Britt Baker at uh, full gear is going to be one hell of a matchup. I'm excited for that. We next get a promo from MJF. He comes out. He's saying that Darby Allen and him being pillars are what made their job safe when AEW hired all these new wrestlers. He said that they were never scared, but what makes Darby below him is the fact that he's not a part of society. He's this weirdo creep who could, I was called, relate to this crowd. Darby Allen's in the crowd listening. He cuts a great promo on Darby here. MJF is just money in the mic. Darby Allen comes to fight MJF. MJF bails and Sting stops him on the top of the ramp with a bunch of people in masks. They're jumped by the pentacle. MJF goes to the crowd. Him and Darby are brawling into the crowd. Darby takes him out with a crazy-ass running clothesline over the barricade. This is just insane. The crowd's behind is 100%. This was just nuts. Then we get the co-main event. Andrade El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes. This was one hell of a matchup. I think this is Cody Rhodes' best matchup this year. Really good matchup. These had these two guys had great chemistry. I want to see a rematch so badly. Wonderful, wonderful matchup. In the end, though, FTR were under the ring. They helped Andrade. They take Cody Rhodes out with uh, AAA tag titles. Andrade picks up the victory here on Cody Rhodes. Afterwards, FTR, Tully Blanchard, Andrade, they jump Cody Rhodes. Arn Anderson comes out. He has a face-off with Tully Blanchard. We'll look like we're about to get the Brainbusters uh, brawling with each other here. But before they do, the Lucha Brothers come out. They attack FTR. I think that this could lead to a crazy-ass eight-man tag between Cody Rhodes, Pac, and the Lucha Bros versus Andrade, Malachi Black, and FTR. That would be a phenomenal, crazy-ass matchup. Main event time, we got Orange Cassidy versus Miro. Miro picks up the victory here. Brian Danielson was on commentary. Miro goes on. He's advancing to the finals. It will be Miro and Brian Danielson facing off in the finals at the pay-per-view. This is a very good, suitable replacement for the matchup that was slated for that spot, which would have been John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. This is going to be one hell of a matchup between Miro and Brian Danielson. And the show goes off the air with them face-to-face. Really good show. I enjoyed this episode of Dynamite. I give this episode of Dynamite 3.5 out of 5. It went by really fast, which most of their shows do. Really good stuff. I'm excited for Rampage tonight. We'll be talking about that on Monday. Good episode of AEW. Let's go back in time here on the Wrestling DeLorean. We're going to go back in time for the first time ever to the 80s. We're going to be talking about Saturday night's main event from May 11th, 1985. What a show this was. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What a totally drastic field difference between this and what I just talked about in AEW. But we're going to be talking about that right now. This was the very first Saturday Night's Main Event. And like I said, every Friday we'll be talking about the next episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. All the way until we're to the final episode in 2008. This episode was headlined by Hulk Hogan versus Cowboy Bob Orton. This was six weeks after WrestleMania 1. A lot went down. So, the show starts out with Cindy Lauper cutting a promo on, well, with Wendy Richter on Fabulous Moolah tonight. They're going to be face-to-face for the women's title. Also, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan cut a promo on Bob Orton and Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper also announces that he will have a special edition of the Piper's Pit tonight here. We're welcome to the show by Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura. This is nostalgia as hell, y'all. We got in the opening matchup, six-man tag, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and George the Animal Steel, along with Freddie Blassie versus Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, accompanied by Captain Lou Albano. The show's, well, the match starts off with Nikolai Volkov singing the Soviet Union National Anthem. Things break down pretty fast. Sheik and Volkov, they shun steel during the match. They don't tag in George the Animal Steel at all during this match. And in the end, Team USA wins. George the Animal Steel flips out. He eats the turnbuckle. He's wondering why his team didn't tag him in. He confronts Sheik and Volkov. This leads to a big brawl. Crazy, crazy, craziness to start off Saturday night's main event's debut here. We're then sent to the ring, Piper's Pit. He has a special guest, his partner at WrestleMania, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. He calls Paul Orndorff a loser for losing at WrestleMania. He calls him a piece of garbage. Paul Orndorff is getting pissed off with Piper. They get into a big brawl. So I guess Paul Orndorff is now turning babyface. Piper is mad at him for losing the matchup at WrestleMania 1. They get into a big brawl. Uh, They get... Paul Orndorff gets jumped by Cowboy Bob Orton and Roddy Piper. And out comes Mr. T to make the save. Mean Gene Oakland interviews Hulk Hogan, who he says he is disgusted with Piper's pit. He says that since Mother's Day is coming up, he dedicates this to his mother at home. 
And he says that he sees a change in heart in Paul Orndorff, and Paul Orndorff could join him anytime. This leads to what I thought was going to be the main event, but is not the main event. We get Hulk Hogan versus Cowboy Bob Orton for the WWF World Championship. This matchup is a pretty good matchup. Cowboy Bob Orton is accompanied by Roddy Piper. Hulk Hogan is accompanied by Mr. T. This ends at a DQ finish when Roddy Piper interferes. Mr. T attacks uh, Roddy Piper. Orton takes down Mr. T. Paul Orndorff and Hulk Hogan chase off Piper and Orton. Craziness, craziness, craziness here in the world title match here on Saturday night's main event. Like I said, I thought that would have been the world title match, would have been the main event, but it wasn't. Instead, we get we next get the WWF women's title match. Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper versus the fabulous Mula. Mula hands Fink a declaration saying that if Cindy Lauper is banned from ringside. This was a slow match, really methodical, really boring at times. But in the end, Wendy Richter wins with a small package. Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter celebrate their victory. Uh, Mula's throwing a fit. Next in the main event, this is really surprising, but we got Junkyard Dog with his mother versus a jobber. We have a job match as the main event of the opening Saturday night's main event. So Saturday night's main event was JYD versus Pete Thority, a jobber. And this was an absolute squash. The Junkyard Dog just destroys Pete Thority. Then we go off the show by showing Cindy Lauper's Mother Day party. She has a party every wrestler's day with their mother. A bunch of wrestlers are there. We got Moolah crashing the party, which leads to Cindy Lauper and her mom throwing Moolah and Mean Gene Oakland into a giant cake. Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura recap the show. I was surprised with the show. I thought Saturday night's main event, legendary show, legendary title. You would think that WWE would have started off with a bang. But they didn't. Like I said, the main event was a job match. And then we got a food fight at a party. A a Mother's Day party. To end the show. And I thoroughly thought we were going to get Hulk Hogan versus Cowboy Bob Orton in the main event. But that that didn't happen. It was really surprising. But... Nonetheless, I love the nostalgia of the show, and I'm looking forward to seeing the next Saturday Night's Made event, which we'll be covering here next Friday on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Please, all your thoughts and prayers are welcome. Like I said, my baby boy will be born this weekend. I am so freaking excited to be a father, and I hope one day I'll hand over this podcast to him. But anyway, until then, I'll catch you guys Monday. Have a great weekend. One love. Join here on Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.